0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. With the second pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select... Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky stepping up, fires down the sideline. Robinson makes the catch. From the Raiders to the Bears, Khalil Mack, now officially in Chicago. Lockdown, Khalil Mack. Welcome back to Chicago Shuffle, your one and only Chicago Bears podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host. Brian Perez, and once again I am joined by Alyssa Barbieri. You can find both of our Bears work over at Bearswire.com. You could throw us a follow on Twitter at Brian Perez NFL. That's Brian with Y. And at Alyssa Barbieri. Alyssa, welcome back to Chicago Shuffle. We are just a few days away. Actually, by the time everybody hears this show, we will actually be on game day here for the final preseason game of the summer schedule 2019. A ribbon will be put on this preseason. Hopefully the Bears remain injury-free. They play the Tennessee Titans Thursday night at Soldier Field. We're not really going to get too deep into that game, Alyssa. We all know what it's all about. The Chicago Bears are trying to round out their final 53-man roster. So Game 4 will be all about those guys making their last-ditch effort to get onto this squad. But welcome back, Alyssa. How was your week away from the Chicago Shuffle universe?
1: It was busy, uh, with especially with this news of Andrew Luck coming out. Um, but like you said, I'm excited just to get the season going. It's crazy to believe that once people are listening to this podcast, we will be one week away from kickoff against the Packers and it's an exciting time.
0: It is it is incredible to think we have made it back to the regular season, especially considering how much pain this offseason has, how painful this offseason has been for Bears fans. Reliving the double doink. It seems like it's been the butt of every joke. Even NBC in their promotional campaign for the opening game of the 2019 season, they decide to do a riff off the classic SNL skit, the super fans. And of course, it involves a talking teddy bear who repeats the words double doink over and over and over again. It's going to be something the Bears can't rid themselves from until they obviously win a meaningful game in 2019. And none get more meaningful than the opening game against the Packers because, let's face it, it's the game of the year. And it's the first game of the season. The Packers series, those two games, that that is what Bears fans in recent history have lived and died for because the team hasn't necessarily been good enough to be chasing a playoff spot. That won't be the case this year, but obviously we do not want to see a repeat of the 2018 season when the Bears looked locked and loaded to, to, to essentially complete one of the biggest upsets in the early part of the 2018 season, only to collapse, obviously, to Aaron Rodgers and his miraculous comeback, which we do not want to relive again. But talking about Andrew Luck, Alyssa, I mean, who would have thought that the Chicago Bears week three preseason game would become the epicenter of arguably... The biggest story in the NFL in the last, I don't know, 10 years. I mean, is that an exaggeration to go back that far? The Andrew Luck retirement obviously trumps the Calvin Johnson retirement. And I don't think there's been an in season, well, not necessarily in season retirement, but an early retirement where a guy's 29 years old in his prime. There hasn't been a retirement that this, that, that is this impactful or surprising since Barry Sanders back when he decided to call it quits. But how in shock were you that the news was breaking? During the second half of the Bears, Packers, uh the Bears-Colts week three preseason game, one in which, I mean, like the other two games so far this preseason was pretty much a snooze fest. And then all of a sudden, this absolute shock to the system, Andrew Luck is retiring.
1: I remember watching that game and I was getting a couple highlight posts up, just thinking, you know, this is your typical well, Matt Nagy third preseason game where nothing much is really going on, and then all of a sudden, the Schefter tweet comes out and I was on Twitter and I had to check. Cause I thought it was the fake Schefter account as I'm sure a lot of people thought it was, but then seeing that it was actually happening, it was crazy, especially after the fact, like I can't get the thought of those fans booing him. The last memory that Andrew Luck will have walking off that field is of his home fans booing him. You know, it's
0: crazy. I- you know, it's crazy when you think about, how insane the football fan can be. But I heard, I think it was either on ESPN radio or NFL radio on, on SiriusXM. Uh, and I—and I, forgive me for whoever it was that made this comment, but it was so true when he said the, the fans that were at Indianapolis in the stadium at that point in the game, the fourth quarter, the end of the third preseason game, when no starters were playing, The fans that were in that stadium represent such a small segment of the Colts fan base. And it would be the equivalent of walking into a bar on like a Thursday night at two o'clock in the morning and doing a survey in the bar saying, hey, does anybody in here like to drink? And everybody in the bar raise their hand and say, yeah, of course, we all do. And then leaving that bar thinking that every person loves to drink as much as those people that are in the bar. The fact that there you had Colts fans, the diehard, the absolute borderline insane fan that would sit there through the end of the third preseason game when no starters played and the game doesn't even count. Those are the fans that are booing Andrew Luck because those are the fans who have more than the average investment in the team, in the game. And look, they're diehards, and we I get it. I mean, you don't want to fault a person for being that emotionally connected to a team. I like to think that I'm... Kind of right there with the Chicago Bears. But I also would like to think that you can or that I can approach this team logically and reasonably and with some empathy and humanity as well. Understanding that these guys are human beings. They're going to deal with injuries. They're going to deal with family crisis. They're going to deal with just personal psychological issues that could force something like we saw with Andrew Luck. Deciding to leave the game because the guy is 29 years old, but he probably wakes up every morning feeling like he's 75. You know, no amount of money can get you your health. No, it it doesn't matter if you have $100 in your bank account or $100 million in your bank account, health is the true wealth. In life, and if you don't have that, if you don't feel healthy on a daily basis, it doesn't matter how much money you have in your bank account. And so, guys like Rob Gronkowski, who came out this week with his new uh, his new partnership with this CBD oil uh, company that he's dealing with, and he got so emotional. I don't know if you saw that, Alyssa, but when Gronkowski was talking about why he retired and the dark place that football brought him to because of how poorly his body felt, how just he just couldn't find the joy in life anymore because of his body breaking down. I mean, what, do you, what are the emotions that kind of you go through when you hear these stories of these players and try to balance that against the fact that you get so much enjoyment watching the game on Sundays with this realization that these guys are really abusing their bodies. I get it. Everybody out there, they make millions of dollars. They know what they signed up for. They're getting paid for it. We all get that argument, but there's still the fact that they are, in fact, abusing their bodies and we're getting all this joy out of it i mean how do you kind of balance those two competing interests when you're watching a game on a sunday and then you hear what the guys like andrew luck and rob ronkowski say after the fact
1: i feel like it depends you know if you're a fan of the team i feel like like obviously those colts fans it was in the moment we've never seen something like that happen where it's during a game and they're showing luck on the sideline he has no idea that this news has been revealed And so obviously the immediate reaction, it's shock, it's anger. But then at the same time, you have to step back and take a look and understand what these players do on a weekly basis, putting their bodies on the line. He's getting hit by 300 pound linemen. He's had, he's in this continuous cycle of getting hurt and then pain and then rehab. So I actually respect that he's doing what's best for him at this point. And, you know, it's sad because, you know, we are losing one of the great players in the league right now. And knowing that he's tw- he's going to be 30 in September, I think, and knowing that he's in his prime and wondering, you know, what could luck have done, especially this season when the Colts seem to be one of those legitimate Super Bowl contenders. So, you know, it, it's painful, you know, as a fan of the game, especially as if you're a fan of the Colts, but at the same time, you have to respect what they've done on the field and his decision. If it's time for him to retire, it's it's time for him to retire.
0: And it's going to be interesting, too, to see how the Colts' front office can respond and react to this. Because if you know, if you've been, you know, if you Bears fans out there who have been paying attention all offseason, Chris Ballard has been essentially tiered as that GM one going into the 2019 season and, you know, been essentially ranked and rated higher than our very own Ryan Pace, where, in my opinion, Ryan Pace has established in his tenure in Chicago a better track record and has built this team from nothing into a Super Bowl contender, contender, a legitimate NFC Super Bowl contender in the brief period of time that he's been here. Whereas Ballard inherited a team with Andrew Luck and, and it's kind of, I don't want to say, I don't want to say it's easier to build a Super Bowl contender when you already have a roster with the franchise quarterback on a hall of fame trajectory on, on the field. But let's be honest, it's easier right? And then he backed into Frank Reich. His first choice was Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels says, no thanks. All the other coaching candidates have pretty much been hired on by other teams. And Frank Reich's kind of the last man standing. Great hire. Frank Reich's a great coach, but it wasn't exactly Chris Ballard's first choice. So now it's going to be very interesting to see what a guy like Ballard can do when he's dealing with a roster that most general managers, when they get their gig for the first time, are dealing with a team that's pretty much the cupboard is bare, including at quarterback. When there's a change at GM, a change at head coach, it's usually because, you know, the quarterback maybe is underperforming or maybe getting older or or just not there on the roster. So now we're going to see exactly what Ballard and the Colts can do. And when we talk about Super Bowl contenders, Alyssa, this is the time of year when a lot of outlets – big media, small media, and every size media in between starts making their predictions who's going to win the Super Bowl, even work your way backwards from there who's going to be a playoff team, who's going to win divisions, and even divisional records, you know, season records for each team. Sports Illustrated Alyssa, what the hell's going on here? The Sports I'm- Illustrated 2019 season preview, you wrote about it on bearswire.com, so you'll you're going to be our uh you're going you're going to share the news with the Bears fans here which I'm sure they already read about. But Sports Illustrated predicted that the Bears would be seven and nine in 2019 and finish last in the NFC North, a division that, as far as I can tell, still has the Detroit Lions in it. They're predicting the Bears to regress to the point of seven and nine and last place in the NFC North. Was I dreaming this, Alyssa? Or is this in fact what one of the most historic sports publications in? in American history is predicting for the Chicago bears in 2019.
1: No, it, it actually happens And opening that magazine. I'm like, okay, I could see if they'd maybe put the Vikings at one. Cause you know, that's, a lot of people are doing that and the bears at two, but seeing that they were fourth, even behind the lions was shocking. It just, it feels like blatant disrespect at this point. This is a team that they lost two starters from a year ago, Amos and Howard and then Nick Bryce Callahan as well. Um, they've replaced them. We've yet to see if they're going to be upgrades at this point, you know, um, though David Montgomery looks like he's on track, but the thing that they cited um, was the defense and the loss of Vic Fangio, which yes, it's significant, but let's not forget that the talent is still there. Talent that's continuing to develop like Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson, and you have Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman and Khalil freaking Mac is still on the team. In fact, last year, they predicted the bears to ha- to go 7 and 9 and that was before signing Khalil Mack so you're telling me that this team is going to go 7 and 9 after signing one of the best defensive players in the league it's crazy especially with this unit being together a second year i know Chuck Pagano's there the defense is most likely to, gr- to regress if only because they were so good last season and it's hard to you know to put up those turnover numbers again so it shouldn't be a significant drop off you know barring injury you know, what What are your thoughts on the defense? Do you think that, like, how significant of a drop do you think it would be?
0: See, I, I think if a defense is average and regresses from average, then we got a problem, right? But when a defense is an elite defense and puts up borderline historic numbers in a season, regression is to be expected. Even if Vic Fangio was still in Chicago, the Bears defense could easily be predicted to regress in 2019. And it's not because the talent is worse. It's not because the players are worse. It's not because the scheme or the coordinator is worse. It's just because stats, especially when you put up such a a remarkable year, tend to balance out over time. And here's the thing too, right? The Bears may not have as many turnovers in 2019 that they had in 2018, but they'll still be one of the, if not the pace car for the league. So it's not a matter of, you know, the Bears defense, just black and white. The numbers are worse than they were in 2018. It's where does the Bears defense in 2019 stack up to the rest of the league? Does the rest of the league, are 9, 10, 11 teams creating and forcing more turnovers than the Bears, well, then that's a regression that maybe is a little more concerning. But if the Bears are still a top-three team defensive unit in terms of forcing turnovers, creating opportunities to score points on defense, even if that top-three finish in 2019 isn't as impressive statistically as what it would have been in 2018, it's still a top-three finish. It's still a top-three defense. So you can't look at this and say – you know, statistics only that this regression is going to happen and it's only because Fangio's gone. That's just not a logical way of looking at it, in my opinion, because, you know, let's say, for example, a running back like, uh, I don't know, we'll say Ezekiel Elliott has 1,600 yards in 2000 and whatever year. And if the following year he has 1,390 yards, you could argue it was a regression in his production. But if he's the NFL's leading rusher in both seasons, He's still the best running back in the league, right? So it just it's one of those kind of things that I think you could see with the Bears defense is that a regression statistically could happen, but I don't think a regression in terms of the league standing as a defense will happen. And to be quite honest, I think Chuck Pagano is going to bring a breath of fresh, fresh air to this defense and allow them to pin their ears back and rely more on their natural ability, which is borderline rare to get after the quarterback. If you just get let Leonard Floyd hopefully just do one thing and one thing only, and that's chase down the quarterback, his athletic ability and natural traits should shine through. You let Khalil Mack, every single time he puts his hand in the dirt or he's standing in a two-point stance, just get the damn quarterback. Don't worry about anything else, but get the damn quarterback and make plays in the backfield it's going to be scary. So when i think of these these outlets like sports illustrated suggesting that this fangio factor is so extremely important to the bears, i get it. You know, some of the most respected offensive minds in the league just recently came out and said Vic Fangio is one of the toughest defensive coordinators to face because of his scheme. So there is a valid argument to say that Fangio offers a an absolute you know, value to the Chicago bears defense and now to the Denver Broncos. But to suggest that talent doesn't Trump coaching to me is a big mistake. I'm always the believer that you need to have the talent. And then obviously the coaches need to put the talent in the right position to make a play. But again, it just comes down. The guy's got to make a play. You could be the best schematic mind. You could have the best scheme, the best play call. If the guy drops the ball, what was the point? If the guy misses the tackle, What was the point? It comes down to the players. So sometimes really good coaches can at times bail out bad players, but I think it's more likely that the great players bail out the average. And even in some some instances, above average coaches, they can make an above average coach look like a genius. I mean, let's, let's face it. Vic Fangio in his tenure as a defensive coordinator had the likes of Justin Smith and Patrick Willis and a slew of other talented guys in San Francisco And he had a ton of talented guys in Chicago and he's going to a Denver team with a ton of talented guys. So yeah, he's a great defensive coach, but he's also had some really good players that he's been fortunate enough to coach. So that obviously goes a long way in forming his reputation and hopefully Chuck Pagano can do his part this year in 2019. But Alyssa, what do you think, you know, flipping onto the other side of the ball? To me, it's surprising. It's surprising that National outlets would suggest that the reason the Bears could regress is arguably the most easy to project part of the team. You know, the defense is the most easy to predict aspect of this roster when we say, look, if there's one thing we're not worried about, it's the defense, right? We're not worried about Cleo Mack or Roquan Smith or Eddie Jackson or Kyle Fuller or Hakeem Hicks. These guys stay healthy, they're going to put the Bears in a position to win games and win a lot of them it's surprising to me that we're not seeing more attention paid to Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, I know there was like that, that little brief stint uh, sprint there where like training camp in between week two and week three of the preseason, there were some rumblings about Trubisky having an underwhelming training camp performance. But again, it's more like it's kind of like tap dancing around it. Nobody's really putting the 2019 season on his shoulders. It seems like the narrative has really focused around the kicker, which we'll talk about in a minute. And this, this, Suggested regression on defense. Do you think this is part of the Nagy master plan? And what I mean by that is, like, he hasn't exposed Mitch Trubisky to anyone in the preseason, hasn't given anyone the chance to go after his quarterback, hasn't given anyone the chance to praise his quarterback. I mean, look at the expectations we're seeing set in New York with Daniel Jones after, you know, what, 30 preseason passes. Now they suddenly want him to start over a two time Super Bowl champion. He has been able to protect this guy and almost keep him under wraps all preseason. Do you think that we are like, talk me off the ledge here, Alyssa? Why why am I getting a little nervous that like everybody's kind of missing the bigger picture here, which is Mitch Trubisky? That like week one against the Packers, he could kind of dictate where we're going this year. If he gets off to a good start, a bad start, it's going to put this train of the 2019 season on one track or the other. Am I wrong here, or do you feel like Trubisky has been targeted this offseason and I've just ignored it?
1: I feel like the I feel like Matt Nagy has kind of like been hiding him in preseason. Obviously, keeping him healthy is a big issue too. Um, but I feel like we saw it back in training camp. Look what happens when he has a couple of bad practices, and it feels like you know Trubisky's everyone's favorite topic of criticism, which. I get it, you know, until Trubisky proves that he can be consistent, he's going to get criticism as being that first quarterback drafted in a class that has Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. And, yes, the season is huge for Trubisky. We should know what we have with him after this year, or at least a pretty good idea. Um, But with Trubisky entering this third year in this offense and with all of the weapons that he has around him, I feel like this should be the year. And like you said, he's going to dictate a lot of what happens in this Packers game, you know, going back to last season and just looking at how much he's grown to this point. I mean, we obviously won't know until he plays the game then, but we've seen, you know, that first Packers game up to that playoff game, you know, it's going to be a lot different than it was this season opener at this point last year. Um, So obviously, you know, Trubisky is going to be a big part of that. And I feel like once that regular season hits, you know, here we come again, national spotlight on Mitch Trubisky, God help him the first incompletion he throws. It's going to be all over Twitter.
0: It's going to be all over Twitter. It's going to be all over the Chicago media. It's going to be all over the Packers Twitter, who obviously there are some infamous members of that clan of, of I don't know what, how you want to describe them, but they love to overanalyze every single throw the guy makes. And I just hope for him and the city and this fan base that he can, he can get off to a big start and out-duel uh, Aaron Rodgers. And if you are out there and you're looking to make a bet or a wager on the game, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, mybookie.com. It's a brand new football season, Bears fans. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. And even Odell Beckham is a Cleveland Brown. One thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down on all the games. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. Our Blue Wire podcasters are using mybookie.com backslash BlueWire to sign up this year. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook period this year they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest first place is guaranteed to win at least hundred thousand dollars and only costs a hundred bucks to enter all you got to do is pick five nfl games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet. Win. Get paid. I highly recommend it, guys and gals out there. If you want to win a couple extra bucks or have a little extra fun with the football season this year, help out Chicago Shuffle. Sign up. Make sure you use the Blue Wire promo code. We would appreciate it. The entire network would obviously appreciate it. And you know who else appreciates things these days, Alyssa? That's Mr. Eddie Pinero, The guy that I said would be gone this time last, last week or two weeks ago. I'm now his number one fan, and that is the life of the kicker. What have you done for me lately, baby? And that's what Eddie Pinheiro is, a 58-yarder against the Colts. Oh, baby. That's what he is here for, that big leg that allowed him to stick around in Oakland all year, even when he was too hurt to play. He actually said today that he thought he was going to be a Raider for the next 10 years because of the way they were talking him up at Raiders in the Raiders facility last season. And how fantastic is it, Alyssa? You know what I went through on Twitter when I said there's no way the Chicago Bears would trade for Kari Vedvik, the the then Baltimore Ravens kicker, that I thought it was a ludicrous idea to even suggest that Ryan Pace would make not just one, but two trades in one offseason for a kicker. I didn't see it happening. Rumors obviously circulated that the Bears were in the mix, that the Bears made an offer, that the Bears were outbid. I don't believe it until I see it. I don't believe it until I hear it. Maybe they were interested. Maybe they were kicking the tires on what it would cost, but I don't think that they were going to give up anything, even remotely close to a fifth-round pick for another kicker. And here we are. What is it, one or two games later, one week later, and Vedvik looks like trash for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean garbage. If he was doing what he was doing, what he, if he was doing in Chicago after a trade, what he's doing right now for Minnesota, Bears Twitter would burn to the ground. And yet we have Eddie Pinheiro, five of six in the preseason, including the 58 yard bomb. The kids getting more and more confident every game. And it looks like he will be the week one guy. Alyssa, is this just another pat on the back for Ryan Pace for holding firm, holding steady, and making sure he did not. Pull, push the panic button when everyone around him, including a lot of people on Bears Twitter, were suggesting a move like a trade for a kicker needed to be made.
1: I have to say that it's nice for the Bears to be in a position where they're not the team that's the worst off at kicker. You know, especially considering the how the kicker competition has been in the national spotlight, all the criticism that it received, and you know, with the Bears going, you know, being a potential trade partner for Vedvik and Pace not pulling the trigger. And now sticking with, with Pinheiro and seeing what he's been able to do, like you said, 5 of 6 in the preseason, including that 58-yarder, right down the middle, he's gaining confidence. It feels like now that he's the only kicker there, that he's he's accessing this confidence that he hadn't been able to before. And then you look at Vedvik, who on – I think it was the last game on – no, sorry, in practice the other day, he went 5, uh, five for 8, including – uh, a miss. I think he missed from forty-three yards. Which can you imagine if he'd done that in Chicago?
0: I mean, look, some things, some of the best decisions are the ones that are never made. And in this scenario, by Ryan Pace not making the trade and not bringing more drama, more chaos, more frustration to the kicker situation, is might have been his best off-season decision, and it's the one he didn't make. And you know, this whole kicker mystery that we've dealt with all offseason when you really sit back and think about it now it's almost like you question what in the hell were we all looking at this whole time why were we all confused where was the actual suspense the bears traded for eddie Pinheiro. they traded for him they, they didn't just bring him in for a tryout with five other kickers on a random Tuesday at Hallis Hall and he just happened to do better than the other guys and get a contract. He wasn't like all the other kickers in the kicking competition that were just kind of afterthought signings to bring in as competition to see which leg would be the last guy standing. The Bears identified Eddie Pinero as a guy, a guy worth potentially giving up an asset for. Even if it's a conditional seventh-round pick or whatever it ends up being, it's still something. Eddie Pinheiro represents an investment, an asset invested in him. Where and when did we forget this? Why did we suddenly think that one of these other guys was going to be in a position to unseat him? Obviously... You see guys every year they get drafted late in the draft, sixth, seventh round, they don't make the final roster because an undrafted free agent plays just plays better and gets a roster spot. So there's obviously scenarios where an unexpected player overachieves, plays better than the guy who the team did make an investment in and ends up taking that guy's job. I mean, that's the nature of the league. Guys fight for that spot at the table. But Pinheiro had an obvious leg up, no pun intended, this entire time. He was essentially a draft pick for the Chicago Bears. When did we miss this, Alyssa? When did we we start ignoring the fact that he was a player, the Bears' pro scouting department evaluated and graded to a degree where they said, we got to get this guy. We got to trade for this guy. Let's bring this guy to Chicago. Why was that fact so overlooked, it feels like, now looking back on it? It feels like we all overlooked this. I, f-
1: I feel like looking back, maybe it's just like the nature of the whole kicker competition and just how frustrating it felt. I feel like that's a big reason why because you're right. We did forget that that Ryan Pace invested in him, that they traded for Pinero. Why would they have traded for vedvik they've are they already traded for Pinero, who they targeted as he could be the guy, and you know now looking back, I feel like it has to do with the whole nature of the competition and the craziness. And just like how closely it was being followed and you had Fry and then you had Pinero. But I feel like now that we can take a step back and look at it. And now we're seeing how Pinero's is performing in the preseason. Now that this is, you know, his team to kick for, you know, that, you know, pace might've made the better investment. Obviously we, we might not know that, you know, until maybe later in the season, something else happens and, you know, Pinheiro is not the guy, but at this point, you know, looking obviously back at Vedvik as well, it looks like Pace made the right trade.
0: And this is something I was th- that when I was getting into it with some people on Twitter about trading for a kicker, I mean, this is kind of the point that I was trying to make too. So, you know, sometimes Twitter, it's really a bad place to engage and debate because you really can't elaborate all that well on the position that you're trying to take. And one of the things I was at least attempting to relay on that social media jungle was that you – know, Pinero was Vedvik last year. I mean, not that he had a lot of kicks in the preseason, but Pinero had the same pro scouting report. Like, you would essentially be trading for another Pinero if you traded for Vedvik. When the hell did Vedvik do anything in a regular season game? What on Vedvik's resume made any Bears fan think that he would be the guy in week one versus the Packers? He's going to connect on the kick because we've seen him do it before? No, we haven't. Because he made a couple of you know, impressive kicks in the preseason. Guess what? If the Chicago Bears had Robbie Gold on the roster right now, and they wanted to give him some summer rest, save his leg, and Eddie Pinheiro was an extra kicker on the team in preseason, and Eddie Pinheiro has been 5 of 6 with a 58-yard blast in Week 3, teams would be trying to trade for Eddie Pinheiro right now. So, like, it's the same guy. Don't give up a fifth-round pick when you already got that guy on the team. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's almost as ridiculous as the Bears back of quarterback situation right now, Alyssa. I mean, Perfect at some trend. point, we have to wonder, what's going to happen to this team if Mitch Trubisky goes down? This preseason hasn't really given us much reason to be optimistic about Chase Daniel. I don't put a lot of stock into preseason when it comes to a veteran like a guy like, a guy like Daniel, who has established himself at least in a you know in a limited to a limited degree on the NFL field when games count on Sundays he was at least competent last year when he stepped in for Mitch Trubisky but he's not looking all that good right now this summer and is it something where the bears i mean is there a debate right now whether it's Bray or Daniel for the final 53 do you think or you know if there's another quarterback who is you know, cut by the bears, uh, by another team around the league. Is there a quarterback who you think could potentially end up getting signed by the bears to kind of step into that number two spot? Could we see some kind of an unexpected transaction at the quarterback position, uh, over the next couple of days?
1: I mean, we know why Chase Daniels in Chicago. It's to mentor Mitch Trubisky in this offense, Hopefully there will come a time, well, no, there should come a time when Trubisky will be able to stand on his own in this offense without Daniel. And I feel like that's when the Bears will go ahead and bring in a backup. Now, it's abundantly clear that if something happens to, Tr- to Trubisky, long-term knock on wood, that the season is sunk. Like we've seen, like looking back on last season, we, Daniel had that solid game against the Lions on Thanksgiving. But then the following week against the Giants, he just looked horrendous. It's not exactly encouraging, But, you know, then again, it's hard enough to find a great starting quarterback in this league, you know, get alone a really solid backup, you know, Nick Foles being the exception there.
0: That's true. And I think that's the other thing that's a very, very good way to kind of analyze this is you might get frustrated or concerned about a guy like Chase Daniel because of the way you see his, you know, kind of scary ball, uh, you know, in terms of sloppy ball control and, and decision making and. You know, ball security is actually the word I was looking for there. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, he is the backup, and if a starter goes down, I mean, just look at Indianapolis. Indianapolis went from Super Bowl contender, one of the considered Super Bowl favorites, to now maybe not even in the wild card discussion because of one simple transaction, if you want to call the retirement a transaction. So, uh, there's very few quarter, uh, very very few teams that can sustain losing their starting quarterback and the bears may be trending toward one of them. Uh, I don't think anybody would feel like a team led by chase Daniel is going to be a team that can challenge for a deep playoff run. You know, Trubisky's young. He seems like he's the kind has the kind of physical makeup to take a pounding, you know, barring some kind of soft tissue injury or ligament tear or something like that, that, you know, kind of is the, of the fluky nature of injuries. Um, he should be able to be one of those guys that can be like an Iron Man at quarterback. Last year, he missed a little bit of time because of a shoulder injury, but I have a feeling had the games meant a little more to the Bears at that time, that Trubisky would have suited up and played. So uh, we'll have to monitor how the quarterback depth chart shakes out over the next, I don't know, seventy-two to ninety-six hours. We'll see if any any surprises are. Uh, unfold. I don't think any will. I think the only thing that Bears fans should really be monitoring right now is a potential Cody Whitehair extension, which probably will come on the eve of the regular season. Um, it's something that is probably the main reason why Ryan Pace freed up money from the Charles Leonard restructure last week. Uh, it's just a matter of the Bears making that announcement. Uh, just a matter of a, uh, just a formality at this point, because we all know that the Bears want to extend him. Let's let's transition a little bit into previewing the NFC North. Last year, we talked last week. We talked about the Detroit Lions. We're going to close today's show by doing a real quick overview of the of the Minnesota Vikings, a Vikings team that appears a little underrated in my opinion coming into the 2019 season, and I think that's a result of their underachieving 2018 season. You know, Kirk Cousins joined the Vikings with all this fanfare. He was going to be the guy that was going to bring them over the hump and, and make a deep run at the Super Bowl, but the team just never really got beyond average at best in 2018. I don't know if that'll be the case this year. You know, Dalvin Cook is a year removed from that knee injury. He's a year healthier. He looked really explosive in their last playoff game to the tune of an 85 yard touchdown run that he made look really, really easy. Kirk Cousins with with Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs and You know, even Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith, the rookie tight end, is going to be a playmaker. They got Chad Beebe as a third receiver there, who's a guy to keep an eye on. You know, this team has a lot of offensive upside. And on defense, you really can't overlook some of their big names. Like Daniil Hunter is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. They were able to retain Anthony Barr. They still have Harrison Smith in the back end at safety. This is a team that's got playmakers on both sides of the ball and could very easily be a club that people are projecting 9-7, and 10-6, and, and quickly be a 12-14. T- a and 14. I mean, what do you think of the Vikings? In my opinion, they pose the biggest threat to the Bears in 2019, even more than the Packers, which we'll talk about in our game preview next week. But uh, I think the Vikings are the biggest threat to the Chicago Bears in 2019.
1: I absolutely, I agree. They're they definitely the biggest threat. Like you were saying, the Vikings have one of the best defenses in the league. They have so many offensive weapons. But obviously, the only thing that's really holding them back at this point is Kirk Cousins. He hasn't paid like a quarterback that was paid $80 million guaranteed. His track record against opponents with winning records is just atrocious. You know, can Cousins rise to the occasion when the game is on the line? No. Obviously, the Redskins didn't think so. And Cousins hasn't really done anything to prove that he can. But I feel like the Vikings are going to go as far as Cousins does.
0: And whether or not that's enough to unseat the Bears, we will soon find out. And Alyssa, you know what's just it just warms the soul to think that the next time we speak, we will be previewing week one against the Green Bay Packers.
1: That's crazy. I'm excited. We are that close.
0: Now, here's the thing, Bears fans out there, Uh, Alyssa is a Florida resident, and and all thoughts and prayers to Alyssa and everybody else in Florida as they, over the next few days, are potentially staring down uh, the barrel of a hurricane. Hopefully it changes path right now. It's not expected to impact Alyssa and where she's at, but you may end up hearing my – I don't know, depressing voice next week by myself or another co-host in the event Alyssa is not able to join. Hopefully that won't be the case because Alyssa is safe and sound in her house and ready to record our week one game preview. We're going to try to have that preview up uh, and live for your listening pleasure on Tuesday, uh, barring any setbacks. And obviously, again, Alyssa, your well-being is of the utmost importance. So uh, all Bears fans will be thinking of you. And Chicago Bears fans, we are almost there. We are one week away from the biggest game, at least until week two, uh, that any of us could have ever asked for to open the 2019 season. Bears-Packers, it's Bears-Packers week, baby. You don't get any better than this. Come on back next week to Chicago Shuffle, and until until then, Bears fans around the country, bear down. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.